Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists, and food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good Sunday to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. If you can use a little help on building flavor or menu planning or food and wine pairings, or if you want to get a little closer to your food, well, let me tell you how. I hope you'll stay tuned for an hour of delicious conversation because this show brings you fresh ingredients, recipes, and kitchen wisdom from celebrity chefs, authors, culinary experts, restaurateurs, travel experts, and more. Because right here, we're living the best life. I love sharing my table with you every Sunday. And by the way, ChefJamie.com is your guide to recipes, wine, ingredients, interviews, podcasts, and exclusive content for the rest of the week. You can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well, at Chef Jamie Gwen. So, first there was kale, and then there was quinoa, and now... We have coconut. Yes, there is a new trend, or maybe not so new, but growing, in fact, for the year 2015, and that is everything coconut, taking the food world by tropical storm. It started with health food junkies, and it was all about coconut oil, and um, in fact, we'll get to that in just a moment, but I love the start of a new year. It's an opportunity to eat lean and clean, and in fact, we're going to do that coming up later in the hour, but it's my opportunity to start forecasting the trends for the new year as well. And I believe that coconut oil specifically is going to reign supreme in 2015. Now I will say, extra virgin olive oil still tops the list in popularity when it comes to culinary oils. But these days, coconut oil seems to be sort of stealing the spotlight. Now, health claims around this tropical oil have been very controversial. And what is it all about? I thought I would share some facts about coconut oil with you. So the coconut oil that you know in a jar does come from the flesh of coconuts, but there are two different types of coconut oil and one specifically that you should look for. You can buy virgin coconut oil, which is extracted from the fruit of fresh, mature coconuts. It does not use high temperatures or chemicals, and it is therefore considered unrefined. And that is the best coconut oil to use. There is also a refined version of coconut oil, and that is made from dried coconut meat that is often chemically bleached and or deodorized. So once again, depending upon the manufacturer, you always want to look for virgin or unrefined coconut oil. Now, the virgin or unrefined coconut oil has that sweet, nutty coconut flavor and that beautiful aroma. And I think it's ideal for baking. It's beautiful for sauteing. And it definitely does benefit those dishes. When you want to make the culinary choice to add inherent sweetness, the dishes that need that slight tropical flavor, like a curry, for instance, I think there's something wonderful about the rich flavor of coconut oil. And I will say that like other oils, you always want to store your coconut oil in a well-sealed, 
cool, dark, dry place. Now, it does solidify when it gets cool, but it will quickly liquefy when it warms up. Now, back to those health claims for a minute. Coconut oil is definitely high in saturated fat, but most of the fat is actually lauric acid. This is a fatty acid known to increase the levels of good HDL in your blood. So we know that it has benefits to our health, but there are few other claims that have been proven scientifically. We know once again that virgin or unrefined or pure coconut oil is definitely not as bad for you as it once seemed to be. And if you can find organic coconut oil, I always buy mine in the health food store or in the health food aisle of your grocery store. Now, what to use it for? Well, as I mentioned, it's beautiful to bake with, and I happen to love to saute bitter greens in it. Like if you love mustard greens or collard greens, the bitey flavor of the greens sort of mellows and you get that beautiful richness all combined. Now, vegans have been using coconut oil for years as a replacement for animal fats. And if you're looking for a substitute for the shortening that you use in baking, next time you make a pound cake, substitute coconut oil. Or if you make homemade magic shell, you know, that delicious chocolate sauce you put over your ice cream and it hardens, well, coconut oil is the perfect addition. I will say that we are going to see coconut take the world by tropical storm this year um, because it's high in fiber, it's low in carbohydrates, and chefs are loving it. All across the country, there are uh, menu items and recipes from chefs in every city I've visited of late that are incorporating um, coconut milk, coconut oil, and even coconut, the fruit, in its powdered form, its milk form, lots of different ways. Um, And I was more than happy to taste the evidence, by the way. It's that element of richness that I love. So next time you use coconut oil, let me know how it turned out. I want to know what dish you're making. You can always email me, jamie at chefjamie.com. And speaking of chefjamie.com, there are a few things you won't want to miss this week. I am arming you with an arsenal of delicious recipes. In fact, I posted on Facebook and posed the question, wondering what kind of recipes you're looking for in the new year. And I thank you for lots of insightful responses, everything from more chicken to easy fish dishes to I want to use my slow cooker um, and everything in between from Mediterranean grains to vegetarian style. And so I'm working on loading the website with all new recipes for the new year. This week, you'll find my weekly dish, which is a sweet and spicy caramel chicken with a bit of an Asian approach. It's a stovetop 20-minute dinner that I guarantee will wow. Also, a cocktail you'll love, my Frangelico white hot chocolate, because during these colder winter months, there's nothing like a hot drink to warm you up. You'll find my truly sweet recipe this week, a dessert for a winter apple crostata, and one that you can be a culinary hero in just less than 30 minutes from. I love a crostata. It's sort of a cross between a pie 
and a cobbler. You get the beauty of roasted fruit with a little bit of that flaky pie crust. So do check it out. You can make it in 30 minutes or less. And then the Think Like a Chef feature this week, because it's my goal every week to make you a better cook in your own kitchen. And if it's your New Year's resolution to be the best cook you know, well then I hope you'll learn from my methods and preparations. This week's Think Like a Chef is all about loaded chowder, or as some say, chowda. (laughs) The rich and creamy soup that's full of chunks of ingredients that almost make it like a stew, right? It's a meal in a bowl, and it does fight off chill, and it fills you up, and it warms your soul. I love chowders. Now, It was in the past considered to be a poor man's food, and chowder has a history that is centuries old. It actually has its roots in the Latin word caldiria, which originally meant a place for warming things, and then later came to mean a cooking pot, and that word gave us cauldron, and so the Oxford English Dictionary traces the word chowder back to the fishing villages along the coast of France from Bordeaux to Brittany. Now, I love chowders of every varietal, but we know that the forerunner in the U.S. is clam chowder, the most popular chowder served today. And there are two styles, the New England clam chowder made with a cream base and Manhattan clam chowder made with a base of pureed tomatoes. But chowder doesn't always have to include seafood. You can actually use up whatever ingredients you have lying around your kitchen, like corn or beans or chicken or ham or potatoes, and you get that satisfying, steaming bowl of goodness. Now, I will say, although I know we're eating lean and clean in January, it's always good to start with a little bit of bacon because bacon makes everything better. It adds that sort of salty richness that is undeniably good. See, bacon makes me stutter. And I will say, I like a little bit of backbite in my chowder too. So I like to add a little bit of adobo sauce from a can of chipotles or even a little bit of sriracha. And then the next time you really want to mix it up and think outside the bowl, instead of adding diced potato, add potato gnocchi to your chowder for a fluffy, glorious substitution. I've posted my best chowder recipes on the website at chefjamie.com, so please do check it out. Don't touch your dial, though, because there is more scintillating conversation coming up. Shira Bokar is stopping by of Martha Stewart Living, and she's offering you a clean slate. We're going to dish on foods that detox. Plus, Melissa Durabian of Food Network Star Fame is sharing her recipes to eat supermarket healthy. And travel writer Kim Kessler is stopping by. She's taking us to Thailand, Uruguay, and the Maldives on a little bit of a winter vacation. So stay with me, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio with more fabulous food right after this. Eating well in 2015. A very happy new year to you. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. 
So everyone deserves a fresh start, don't you think? With New Year's resolutions and January diet plans, it's time to hit the reset button. The new book release from Martha Stewart Living is called Clean Slate, and it emphasizes eating clean, whole, unprocessed foods as part of a plant-based diet with delicious and healthy recipes that make it easy to do just that. Refreshing smoothies and savory snacks, the protein-packed main dishes we're all looking for, and even a few delectable desserts to satisfy your sweet tooth will definitely keep you satisfied, in fact, all day long. And there are plenty of vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options as well. You will be feeling your best in no time. Here to share recipes that nourish your body and mind is Shira Bokar. She is the food editor for Martha Stewart Living Magazine and the host of MarthaStewart.com's Eat Clean series. I'm glad to have you. Welcome, Shira. Hi, Jamie. Nice to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, if you were to choose one thing, Shira... I mean, the the most paramount choice we could make, let's say, in creating healthier eating habits in 2015, what's the one thing we can do to jumpstart the year? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a tough one. A loaded I, question. I think of about <laughs> 10 just right off the top of my head. Of course. But I think, um, I think I'll probably go with golden rule number two, which is featured in the book, and that is embrace a plant-based diet. Okay. I've found when I'm eating lots of vegetables and fresh things, I just naturally tend to eat more um, vegetables and less meats and, Mm -hmm. you know, actually even a little bit less grain. I definitely tend to stay away from the sweet stuff. It just makes me feel more energetic, better all, all day long. And I know that it's a much better choice for the environment. So I think if America could just eat more plant-based items, yes. we would be doing much, much better in 2015. Oh, I agree with you. And I think the Meatless Monday concept should be spread to other days of the week. And I think it's a great place to start. If you start one day a week and you build up from there, eating only a plant-based diet, you sort of, you acclimate your body, I guess. And I feel better like you do. I feel like I have more energy. I feel fresher. Absolutely. You know, my digestive system feels better. I just recently made a soup, and um, it normally calls for uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast, you know, and healthy, lean protein, and mm-hmm. I didn't have any on hand. I did have some tofu in my fridge, and so I said, oh, let me, let me give this a try. Maybe this will be nice, and it was, um, actually, it was one of the soups from the book. It's this really delicious ginger broth mm. with um, spicy chilies and um, nice. some bok choy, Ooh. and so I just substituted the tofu for that, and it was so wonderful. I cannot, like, I think I'm going to completely change the recipe from now on and just always use tofu. I love recipe epiphanies like that. I have to tell you, I'm a tofu lover and I love ginger. I think ginger is so good for your system. We put um, ground ginger, my husband and I, in our morning protein smoothie because Ooh, I... what else do you put in your smoothie? I'm, I, I always love to swap smoothies. I was stories. just going to say, I'll swap smoothie ideas with you. Um, in fact, I found something from the book that I was delighted to see. So we use coconut water in our smoothies like you do because okay. I, I love the hydration factor of mm-hmm. it. We put, um, I'll put ground ginger in. Sometimes I'll put a little bit of um, vanilla or vanilla paste if I want to just sort of brighten the spice elements uh-huh. of it. Um, fresh berries, uh, protein powder. Oftentimes I'll sneak in some greens. 
Ooh, that sounds delicious. I still believe that kale is king. Um, What do you put? (laughs) What do you put in your smoothie? You know, for smoothies, I think romaine is king. Ah, Um, just because I often I often do what you do, where I combine um, a dark leafy green with some sort of sweetener, like a fruit. Right, you can mask it. Yes, and romaine is so hydrating, but it also has such a nice neutral sweet flavor that I feel like it just can play along with all the fruits. Oh, I love that. A problem, and it also it has a really it 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 blends to be a really fine, almost velvety texture. Nice, yeah, definitely different from the kale. You you get more sort of mouth feel, um, which isn't always everyone's favorite. There's so much fabulous content in the book. I mean, I really felt like it was a great read. And by the way, if you've tuned in, you're late because we're talking about Clean Slate. It is a cookbook and a guide from the editors of Martha Stewart Living, where you can reset your health and detox your body and feel your best. And certainly uh, so many of our goals in January apply to all of those rules. I liked reading, Shara, about the detoxifiers, the foods that, that really sort of clean out your system. And maybe this is the time to do that, where you start incorporating those detoxifiers to to kickstart the plan. Right. And, you know, I, just another thing about this book that I love so much is that it is, it's a cookbook, I'd say, first and foremost. It's also a, a guide if you want to do, um, you know, if you need to hit more of a reset button, mm-hmm. or if you're just wanting to sort of change your habits slightly, we kind of have information for, for all of those different readers. And the super detoxifiers is in the chapter at the beginning of the book, which is called Reset, which just kind of goes over some very basic principles that you may already be following in your lifestyle already. Maybe you're not. And the super detoxifiers is part of this beautiful glossary series we have that just kind of calls out these emblematic fruits and vegetables and spices that really help promote digestion, help promote, um, you know, natural detox Mm -hmm. and, you know, without having to buy lots of different supplements or anything like that. These are just items that exist in most grocery stores that you can use to your benefit. One of the, um, probably my super green of 2015 is going to be watercress. And I'm just learning more and more about watercress these days. And I mean, it really has everything. Not only does it help, you know, it has cleansing enzymes. It's a natural detoxifier. It's really rich in vitamin C, calcium. Mm. I didn't realize that. I didn't um, know that either. Of, yeah. And I, it's, it's one that I think I'm going to start throwing in the blender. Okay. Well, I, I might consider that too. Thank you for the tip. Watercress. Okay. And then leave us with this because I heard that you love olive oil. Like you couldn't exist without olive oil. Is that Could true? Could not. Exist Could not. olive oil. <laughs> Um, is it your go-to for sautés and salad dressings? Do you like to poach in it? What, what's the the secret fascination? Well, I definitely, I'd say it's it's my it's the workhorse in the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. what I start most recipes if I'm on the stove with. Um, it's definitely my go-to um, item for a salad dressing. But I think what's what I really love most about olive oil is that it's so versatile, and I have just completely converted over to using it, it in baking. And in our relaxed section, we have quite a few really, really delicious and wholesome sweet treats that use olive oil as the fat. Which is, I think, really smart. I make an olive oil cake as well, and there's something very luxurious about the texture 
and oh, to yeah. substitute with olive oil, I think is uh, certainly a wonderful thing to consider as making it a part of your culinary repertoire or your right. culinary education um, as we embark on 2015. Just so you know, Shara, I am making buttermilk poached chicken with radicchio tonight. I love the idea of Ooh. poaching the chicken in the buttermilk, as you say, for that uh, beautiful texture. And I'm oh, it makes the, you're going to have the most tender chicken breast you've Ooh. ever you've ever enjoyed in your life. I can't I wait. Guarantee it. And I'm making no bake oat bars with strawberries, so I shall toast <gasps> oh, you. Oh, those are great. Yes, looks so good. Uh, more than just a cookbook, it is from the editors of Martha Stewart Living called Clean Slate. The information that you need to nourish your body and your mind, and to kick off 2015 in truly healthy style. Reset your health, detox your body, feel your best. The book is called Clean Slate. You'll find an excerpted recipe at chefjamie.com. And of course, you can enjoy feeling better and living better by watching Shira Bokar as she hosts Martha Stewart.com's Eat Clean series. And of course, by reading Martha Stewart Living Magazine. Shira, it was a pleasure. I hope you'll come back soon. Thanks so much. And a very happy new year to you. Happy new year as well. As the delicious conversation continues, Chef Jamie Wen in your radio, don't touch your dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio as the delicious conversation continues. Food Network star and New York Times bestselling author Melissa DeArabian is proving that healthy eating at home is easy, achievable, and affordable in her new cookbook release called Supermarket Healthy. It's her second cookbook, and Melissa is demystifying the task of preparing nutritious and delicious food by showing exactly how you can make the grocery store work for you. Well known for her season five win on Food Network Star and as the host of Food Network's $10 dinners. I am delighted that Melissa is joining this show for the first time. She is here to dish. Ladies and gentlemen, she is Melissa Arabian, and I welcome you, Melissa. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Jamie. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yes, of course. Congratulations. I think the new book is... You call lots of things a blueprint, in fact, that I love, but it's a great blueprint for the supermarket. So if you would just share a little bit about um, your your goal, your focus, as far as getting great cooks to shop better. Well, you know, we all want to eat healthy. We all want to feel good about the food that we're serving our families and, our, and ourselves. And yet we also want to be good stewards of our resources. So we don't want to overspend to do it. Um, so I wrote Supermarket Healthy to bust the myth that we have to spend a lot of money and go to fancy shops to, um, to eat healthy. I want to be able to eat healthy um, on a Tuesday night when I cook dinner for my family. Right. And I want to be able to do it by um, getting ingredients that I recognize at the supermarket. And that's how Supermarket Healthy was born. Okay, so when you shop at the supermarket, you say that there are some 
unexpected secret staples that we should be looking for? What are those? Well, and you know, having a um, a pantry that is stocked with these staples um, is is an important part um, in healthy cooking. And so in Supermarket Healthy, I have a whole section devoted to building a pantry that will support those goals um, and help you cook better during the week. So, you know, a couple examples of, of those ingredients. Um, one would be canned seafood. Um, a lot of us have um, canned tuna, mm-hmm. but then that's where it ends. And I would love for people to all have canned salmon and canned sardines um, on our shelves and then use these, um, use these high-quality um, fish proteins in our cooking. So I think that there, um, there's a huge opportunity there. I think for uh, parents especially, but for everyone, we can break out of our pasta rut and we can think about um, not just getting our, our everyday pastas, but maybe going for the whole grain pasta and getting extra fiber and extra protein um, in our whole grain um, pastas. We can think about going outside of the normal wheat route and instead think about some rice noodles or um, the buckwheat or even go outside of pasta and get quinoa, which is really a seed, of course, not a pasta. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of kids don't know that. And um, if you can get your kids to like couscous, you can usually get them to like quinoa. So there's some, um, there's some real uh, ways that we can branch out to make healthy eating exciting and fun and accessible. And then another, um, another staple that I have all the time is um, our, our low-calorie condiments, such as Dijon mustard. And I, I love Dijon mustard in my pantry. I use it all the time for um, salad dressings. Um, it's, a, it's a key ingredient in a lot of my recipes, um, including one of my favorite recipes in Supermarket Healthy, my acorn squash fondue, which is a cheese fondue. And I use a high-quality Dijon mustard. I use my mustard, which is M-A-I-L-L-E, not M-Y. Right, the French I, the I French think that Dijon. that's worth an extra few pennies because you bring in a depth of flavor, and mustard adds almost no calories and, um, and no fat. Um, and so I think having a strategic pantry is, um, is important, and, um, and that's why I dedicate a whole section to it in the book. Yeah, I think that there's something really brilliant about our supermarkets today. I mean, they offer a bevy of not only day-to-day necessities, but also some of the, what I would call gourmet items, like the French mustard that you love. And if you buy good quality ingredients, you can make dishes that come alive with flavor. We posted your acorn squash fondue at chefjamie.com with a direct link to the book. Um, I love that recipe too. I like the idea of, you know, sort of soul warming, comforting, wonderfully roasted dishes during the cooler, colder winter months. And your fondue in the squash gives you a side dish, but it gives you the richness, the you know, that, that craving sort of satisfying, soulful style as well. You know, that's exactly right. So I, want, I want people to feel good about what they're eating. Yes. A supermarket healthy is not about feeling deprived. It's about being mindful of what we're eating. So the, you know, our good friend, the squash fondue, um, you know, it's cheesy, it has gruyere, it's creamy, and it has um, all the elements of a great fondue, but it's about 200 calories a serving. 
So it's a great um, swap out for, um, you know, a, a heavier true cheese fondue. And yet it feels, it feels really, really decadent and it feels yeah. good. And it feels and, you know, And having that sweet acorn squash mm. that mingles in with that Gruyere uh, nice. fondue sauce. Nice. It's um, it's really a great match. Melissa, would you pause there for just a moment? There is more with Food Network star Hall of Famer Melissa Duravian right after this. We're dishing with Melissa Durabian of Food Network fame and sharing her recipes to eat supermarket healthy. I know your Picky Eaters project, and with four girls, I can only imagine that you are ever trying to find uh, new dishes that all of the kids will like. And they must be broccoli lovers, Melissa, because you utilize broccoli to its full extent. (laughs) I have to compliment you on that, but there are some really terrific ideas throughout the book. We're broccoli lovers in my household as well, and you make everything from a broccoli slaw with the stems, because I love that crunchy, fibrous stem, and a broccoli pesto with a fish and papillote or in parchment paper that I thought looked luscious, the snapper with broccoli pesto and white bean salsa. Yeah, I do. I do love broccoli. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, my grandmother used to always say um, that I should never pass up the opportunity to eat cabbage or broccoli. And, you know, and it turns out grandma was right. Um, you know, broccoli is uh, one of the healthiest foods out there. So um, I bring it in wherever I can. Um, but yeah, you know, you mentioned the broccoli stem slaw. Um, we 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 don't want to throw away half of um, the money that we spend. So if you buy broccoli and you've got the stems, a lot of people just you know cut off the floret and go on their merry way. And and I say that's a waste of money. So I want to leverage every penny that I spend and and turn it into food. And not, I don't want to be wasteful, but I also want to save my money. I think that's um, smart. And you know if you just use a a vegetable peeler and just peel the outside of the broccoli stock, the inside of the, the stock is very tender and it's very, it's very flavorful. Um, so it's, it's really a two for one veggie is uh-huh. what I like to call it. So yes, don't get rid of those stocks, use them and, um, and eat them. But yeah, broccoli, broccoli is definitely a standby. And you're right. My kids actually really do like broccoli. So, um, but you know, it's funny, um, you know, my, my cookbooks, really anything I do, it's really my life. Uh, brought to the table, sure. and so it's funny that I can kind of, um, you know, with a cookbook or you know, with um, you know, with a cooking on TV, um, it, wherever I am in my life, um, it's sort of a snapshot of what my family life is it's like. Ex- exactly, so it's funny. at the I moment, I feel a little like, oh wow, how did you know my kids like broccoli? And it's like, <laughs> oh, because you've got ninety-two broccoli recipes right. in your book. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. It's really a snapshot of my of my uh, my home life, isn't it? <laughs> it's your life on a plate. What has life been like since Food Network star? I, I know. It must have changed tremendously so, but so much so for the better. You've been able to share your passion. I know that um, the root of all things you love is at the heart of your family. Um, but is is life extraordinary today? You know, life life is extraordinary today. But I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. It was extraordinary before today, and it was extraordinary before Food Network Star. Um, I I really do believe that my experience is that happiness is an inside job. Mm, and um, while I love my job and I love what I get to do. 
Um, I loved my job back then, and I was a stay-at-home mom, and I, I loved that, and and I loved my family back then. And so, um, on one hand, the logistics of being a working mom, you know, are, are completely different from being a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, now I've got you know child care issues. Who's taking my child to soccer when I'm you know in New York here today, like mm-hmm. I am today? Um, and so the, the 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 questions, the problems, the issues are are somewhat different. But um, the core stuff, the main stuff, who we are behind closed doors, how I relate to my children, how I relate to my husband, um, and who we are and who we are around the table um, is all 100% unchanged. You know, on one hand, everything has changed. And on the other hand, nothing has changed. Congratulations once again, making you confident about the food that you're buying, preparing, and eating. She is Melissa DeArabian, Food Network star, of course, and the host of... dinners on Food Network and Cooking Channel's Drop 5 Pounds with Good Housekeeping. Uh, I hope to have you back on again, Melissa, and I wish you a wonderful winter season. Well, thank you, Jamie. Same to you. Okay, thanks so much. As the delicious conversation continues, keep it here. There's more fabulous food in your radio right after this. If you have a taste for life, well then, this is your show. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio as we embark on an extraordinary year of fabulous food in 2015. And you should know, I will travel for delectable dishes. You can take advantage of the great deals and find the perfect winter travel destination right here and right now. My passion is no doubt food, as you know, and I do love to travel. Combine the two, and you have my dear friend Kim Kessler. Kim has 15 years of public relations experience in the luxury hotel sector, having spent the last five years as the PR director at Four Seasons Hotel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills. And she loves traveling the globe, hiking, and cooking vegan dishes with friends. Her articles highlighting her unforgettable adventures can be found in Viva Glam magazine and on travel blogs everywhere. Her favorite destinations include the Greek islands, Thailand, and Uruguay, and she recently returned from the Maldives. And so she's joining us to dish on winter travel to tell you where to go, what to eat, and how to travel in style. And I'm so glad to have you, Kim. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay, so... There are wonderful places to travel during our winter, right, as far as climate is concerned, as far as value or the cost of travel being really good right now. And it is a really wonderful time to plan a trip. I agree. And I always love following the summer, such as going to South America, to Argentina and Uruguay, for instance. And those places opposite, I mean, let's talk about Uruguay first, because I know you have a passion for Uruguay, having recently been there. They're on an opposite climate schedule as us, so now is the right time. Right, now is the prime time to go. I would say from Christmas through February is the ideal time to visit. It's warm, the beaches are balmy, it's beautiful, there are great restaurants. It's just, and it's such an undiscovered destination for Americans still. So um, there's so many reasons that I'd recommend going to a, a place called Jose Ignacio in Uruguay. Okay, so there are no direct flights to Jose Ignacio. I'm aware of this. I have I have checked it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can fly to Buenos Aires, right? Give us the, the 
proper travel plan? Sure. So you can either fly to Montevideo, the, the capital of Uruguay, and then rent a car and drive about two and a half hours. Okay. Or you could, what I recommend is flying into Buenos Aires, spending a few days going to some fabulous restaurants and bars and, and shops in, in the Palermo Soho area. And then from there, it's a 45-minute flight to, um, you fly into Punta del Este, and then from there, you rent a car and drive 45 minutes to Jose Ignacio, which is a lot like the Hamptons or Laguna or Malibu. And leave us with this, just briefly, highlight, if you would, the extraordinary trip to the Maldives, which for you was a birthday celebration, which makes it even more special. But I know that's probably, from what you and I have discussed, your top pick as far as visually stimulating, extraordinary, extraordinarily relaxing, uh, the most incredible place to go right now. I agree. I mean, the Maldives, I've never seen water so clear. We, when we were landing, looking over, there are about 1,200 islands in the Maldives. And looking over at all the atolls, it was mm. the most magical experience. I can't even explain. And then getting to the hotel, you arrive by boat from the airport, and the water was just so crystal clear. You could actually see fish down below just from being outside of the water. And um, they have over your choice of overwater bungalows at the Four Seasons Resort Kudahara or uh, luxurious beach bungalows, which we had. It had a little infinity pool, and then you walk right out, and you're on the sand. Oh, take and me away. And the food was amazing. It was a lot of um, Indian influence since, since the Maldives are so close to Sri Lanka and India. Sure. So we had a lot of amazing curry dishes. And mm. even the, the sous chef Alex would surprise us every morning with, with Indian vegan dishes for us, which was incredible. Oh, that is fabulous. I love it. Well, I love hearing about your adventures and the idea of planning unforgettable adventures across the globe. Um, now is the time to travel. Uh, there are definitely top winter getaways. And so we hope that you um, find extraordinary value in Uruguay, Thailand, and the Maldives as you plan your next culinary vacation. You can learn more about Kim Kessler's travels, uh, not only on Johnny Jet, where she has multiple articles posted, but in Viva Glam magazine and on travel blogs everywhere. She is my dear PR goddess of a friend um, and no doubt a travel buff. And you can certainly follow all of her fabulous adventures. Find her on her Instagram handle at vegantravelista.com. Kim, thank you for taking us away, even if it was just for a few a few minutes. I thank hope you'll you come so back much. soon. My pleasure. And please, please plan a trip soon. Yes, <laughs> we will. You. We will plan a trip soon. So that brings us to the end of another hour of delicious conversation. I thank you for listening, and I'll leave you with this: what I like to call my last bite, or my last ounce, or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration for all you slow cooker lovers out there. Did you know that you could make the best roasted garlic in your crock pot? Yes, your slow cooker is the perfect way to caramelize bulbs or heads of garlic. And when you're done, you can use the garlic oil in just about every recipe. So here's how to make slow cooker roasted garlic. You take a serrated knife and you slice the top quarter of the garlic heads or bulbs off so that you expose the individual cloves. And then you place the garlic bulbs 
cut side up in your slow cooker and pour olive oil just to a third of the way up the sides of the garlic bulbs themselves. Then put the lid on and cook on high for about four hours or until the garlic is really soft when pierced with a paring knife. Then I like to unplug the slow cooker and let the garlic cool in the oil. Then to serve, you can place the whole garlic bulb in the center of a plate and pass bread and squeeze the cloves and enjoy. Oh, it's so good. And then you can use the oil, of course, to make the ultimate vinaigrette. I like to throw in a couple of garlic cloves when I make a vinaigrette as well because it adds a beautiful viscosity. Or use it on grilled fish or in your pastas and your soups and your grilled veggies. I will post my roasted garlic in your slow cooker recipe and tips on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I hope you'll meet me here at the kitchen table next Sunday for more scintillating conversation. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. I hope you continue to eat well. 